Let's grow ourselves a big, lanky, goggle-eyed freak. All right, calm down, mate. There's no need to get offensive. No, 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 I was not joining call in. Call you fatty as soon as right, I saw no, you. no, I was joining in with just, what? No, I, just, I don't have a go at the eyes, I'm because not... that is a stigmatism okay. that I've had from the age of five. So that's what makes them a bit bulbous. So okay. don't just... I didn't call you like whale man or the no, blubber no. man. No, yeah, I'm but sorry. I don't go around calling myself the mong boy. Well, I don't either. I call myself the og monster. I'm not going to call you the og monster. Well, that's my name, isn't no, it? No, it's not. What's your real name? Nathan. It's a good name. Is it? Yes. I call you Nathan. Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This is going to be one of our nights of Happy Hana Katie and Kimberly. Or Happy Hana Kimberly Can and Katie. You feel- Happy Hanukkah, can you feel the love tonight? Happy Hanukkah, cash me outside, how about that? There you go. Also, this might be our lone night of Keithmas. Happy Hanukkah, Keithmas. You're combining the two holidays. Yep. Happy Kwanzaa. Nope. No. No. I want it to be all inclusive. It's, it's too much. It's okay. Too, it's too much. Okay. God forbid we are inclusive here. <laughs> I just um, coughed in directly into the microphone. That's <laughs> <laughs> a great start. Uh, I hope everyone's having fun. Good holidays. Cheerio. I'm pit, been pit. wanting to pit. I've been wanting pit. to do this episode forever. It's one of my favorite episodes of all time. I don't know why, except I'm. I love Bianca. Like I love her. I want her to be my best friend. I have such a crush friendship. Maybe more on lovely Bianca. I love her phraseology. I'm mildly threatened by Bianca. The minute she came on, I felt our friendship was threatened. Yeah. And that if Bianca ever came around, I would be not only off the podcast in the fastest of hot seconds, but then also possibly replaced as any future made of honor duties, any future friendship type things would now be completed by Bianca. Your fears are valid. (laughs) Is what I'm trying to say to you. I do it. Because I love Bianca so much. I know it. And you she is lovely. She is. She has an awesome British accent. And she uses the best phrasing. She doesn't just say simple things like he has blue eyes. She says Nordic blue eyes. She doesn't just say someone's left-handed. She says staggeringly left-handed. So wait, did you like her? No, I liked her quite a bit. I thought she was great. And you are way more of an Anglophile than I am. I am, but I really feel like we need to tell people who we're talking about what's happening. <laughs> oh, just jump right in. Did you jump? You jumped right into Bianca, and everyone's like, "Who's Bianca? Did she die? Bianca's no, alive. She's my MVP." She okay. My you're new best skipping. Friend. She's skipping all around. So let me today. Tonight's a very special episode because I'm doing the recap, much to everyone's chagrin, including Kimberly's. Even though this is one of her favorite episodes, she has been. I busy. bequeathed one of my favorite episodes to you. That's the highest honor I could give to someone. You did, Squire. A squire. This episode. Yes. If we haven't even said the title, it's called Suspicion. Now. We will be posting our links because there are at least two suspicions. And it took me a long time to find this episode online because the other one came up. So I'm glad I finally have it. But I actually did find one 
link that will take you to all six parts. I, I oh, found that's that. great. I'll send it to you. Yeah. That's I've great. Got, yeah. So it's, these websites are killing me. It, this one's easy, actually, guys. It's pretty good. But then also don't you might if you get confused with burning suspicion and end up watching that oh, on yeah, accident. Burning suspicion. I would like people to let me know how that is because I kind of want to watch burning suspicion. Yeah, we could cover that one. That okay. one comes up a lot when you're looking for this. one. Is it a fire? It must be. Or hemorrhoids. It's not hemorrhoids. Could be. Yeah, it could be. Gonorrhea. That was the fire inside. Was gonorrhea? No, that was Remember. the f- no. That, that was, was the fire the down fire. below. The fire down below is gonorrhea. No, but the episode is called <laughs> the, the fire, fire inside. inside. We messed up on that because the fire inside is acid reflux. Let's get there. You let's go. get it straight. You're so That's right. That's the yeah. fire inside. The fire we down below. We were new below at the podcast at that time. Yeah, we, we were did pushing. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's one of our earlier episodes where Katie does a French accent. Did I? Yeah, because of Sophie. Oh, ugh. yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, let's. Why is it called Suspicion? We're back to I, our one name titles. Honestly, don't know. It could. It's as applicable to this episode as it is to every single other Dateline. In that, there's always some suspicion, whether it's like a family member suspects somebody, or the police suspect somebody, or the DA suspects somebody. Really terrible terrible vague title that has nothing to do with this episode yeah it really is yeah it sucked this episode aired originally february 3rd 2012 season 14 episode 40 hosted by arlene king keith morrison merry keithmas merry keithmas everybody do you have your keith on the shelf (laughs) oh they should really do that he's always watching they really should do that. I know. Don't I feel wa- like they've done it in so- on social media. Never watch alone. And it's like Keith, a zoom in Keith on leans Keith's on face. things. The Instagram account that's wonderful. Yeah. We love I've, you. Shout out. I've seen them they, do it. They've done several things like that with Keith. They just posted a Keith thing. That's very smart. Okay. Um, okay. So let's. Um, now it's time I get to just relax. Yeah, I know. What I've done here is I said suspicion. Hashtag why can't I sell suspicion. Spelled in the most atrocious way I've ever seen. Hashtag primary school failed me. It took me a long time. I could not spell suspicion. Oh, And then I was like, well, let like, me. Because ransom, I could never spell. I always had to tease you it. Yeah, you always did but ransom. how are you spelling suspicion? Weird. Well, here I have S-U-S-P-I-C-I-O-U-N, like suspic noun. O-U-N? Yeah, I added it. I added a something in there. Oh, maybe you were trying to be British like Bianca. Like oh, suspicion. Like Kalur or Kalor. favorite. Favorite. Yeah. And then I have suspicion with just all S's and no C. It's fine. I'm just, we're going to put it out there that I've been failed by my primary school. So. That's true. Okay. So the episode starts with Lester telling us that there is a mastermind living in an apartment building with a bunch of friends. And my Im- initial thought was, this is Camden Martinique part two. And I got really excited because <laughs> I thought that this was going to be another final curtain. Which no, is... I think the people in Camden Martinique thought they were as cool and wealthy as the people in this actual rich apartment complex. It is, which actually doesn't have a name. We talk about it a lot and that we don't. This is what we know. It, this is a converted chocolate factory converted Come into on. converted into really cool lofts so i'm calling them the 
the Wonka Willy Lofts. Wonka? Yeah, the, yeah. the Wonka Lofts. So, and they they even throw about that the iconoclasts live here. And I feel like whenever someone uses that word, that's just like, okay, so the, the coolest of the cool rich people live in the Wonka Lofts. Absolutely. It, in the middle of Salt Lake City. And they looked really Shocking. cool. Yeah, I know. I right? had no idea that Salt Lake City had all these cool people. I like, don't. Like that weren't Mormons. No, here's I'm the sure deal. Mormons are cool too. But I think that every cool person in Salt Lake City lived <laughs> in the, this loft. I don't know. Yes. I think Salt Lake City is probably filled with cool people, but I think this was like who's who, who's who of cool and wealthy. Okay. Well, he said what the jobs were. Yeah, they said airline pilots, a documentary filmmaker. Then there was, it was just like a bunch of, you know, people that do things that are neat. Inventors. Like, it made it sound like that. Yeah, it made yeah. it seem, yeah, you know, an uh, a, an, ex-baller, an ex-Russian ballet ballerina. Like, you wanted it to be things it was like a, that. You it know? was an, a former Olympic speed skater. Yes, that was it. Yes, yes. It was cool. So... The crime that we have in suspicion takes place in November 2007. Now, the first people that we meet are going to be our residents of the loft, which is most importantly Bianca Wright. AKA AKA Kimberly's new best friend slash girlfriend slash cool stepsister. Everything that... Every, Every relationship that you could have. Cool big sister. Yeah, like cool babysitter. But so Bianca Wright is from lovely England, and she's not from England like, hello, she's not, she's not like Eliza Doolittle from England. She's Julie Andrews from England. She has super posh. So Mm -hmm. that very, very particular British accent where everything is enunciated exactly right. And it's very, very soft. And she's got, yeah, it's the Hermione accent. Does that make sense? The Kimberly does very well. But also she grew up in other places too. So I feel like there's almost, there's like a different element to it. Right. She was raised in Ireland and Africa. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time. Like that's, she's so cool. She's very cool. And she's lovely. She's, first of all, a lovely interview. She's great. She's great on Dateline. And she just seems like a fun and well-rounded, and she's beautiful. So it's just yeah. the whole, all right, enough. Keith with- was charmed. Keith was charmed. Yeah. And if he wasn't, I'd be, I would be suspicious using that word for Keith. Yeah. Oh, so that would be why nonsense. it was, would be called suspicion, you're saying. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So we meet Bianca, and Bianca is married to Chris. And the reason that Bianca came to marry Chris is because she went to a party at the loft. And they met, fell in love. Six months later, they got married. So now they live in the coolest part of Salt Lake City with a few other people that we get interviews with. One person named John and then another couple named Dave and Lisa, who seem to be all up in everybody's business and have all the goods. And I was a little annoyed with them at first because I thought that they were the friend that we were going to get the interview with that we didn't need. And it turns out we do kind of need them. Oh, yeah. I felt like they gave very good intel. Yeah, they're they're good. So all of this is taking place in the loft, in the Wonka loft, but it's very, very different than the Camden Martinique of last week. The loft is a very fancy place where people with money and who are entrepreneurs live. Do you think there's a pool there? Yeah, I, I do. That, I do. I wouldn't spend that much money on a I think there's fancy a roof. loft. I, oh, was, a roof. I think there's a roof pool, and I was trying to sort of figure out the layout of how they worked. Like, it looked like the 
upper floors had those like sort of covered balconies. Did you see that? No. And in fact, I was wondering, like, what's the point of having this fancy building if you have no balcony? I think that the upper, I think the upper, what probably it is, is it's broken up to studios on the first floor. And then when you get up to the higher floors in the building, you've got a two bedroom layout and that Uh has a second floor. So like a mezzanine with a balcony. Yeah, I see. And those are more, those are twice as much. I see. That's what I think. Okay. I've done a lot of loft looking in my life. I bet these are millions of dollars though. A million dollars. Yeah. That's what I, I don't know what real estate is, but this seemed like the hot place to live. This looks like a million dollar apartment to me. Yeah. Yeah. Or like high for the studios, maybe 800. Yeah. 750. No, no. Okay. I don't know what the market is in Salt Lake. Yeah, if, you, if you're out there and you're a real estate person in Salt Lake, let us know. Also, let us know the name of this darn building. Why don't they tell yeah. it to us? Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Wonka Heights. <laughs> the Wonka, a, Wonka Shores. So. The Chocolate River. <laughs> that, sounds that sounds like, like something else. That's something else bad. That's what happens when you have bad Taco Bell. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> so. Chris and Bianca meet at a party and Bianca falls instantly in love with Chris. And Chris, according to her, is wonderfully sweet. He's very smart. He's everything she wants in a man. He's a big softy. He cries at the notebook. Which we still have not seen. Again. And people hate us for it. Sorry, guys. I don't want to. I don't want to watch something that I'm going to cry all the way through. Like, I've seen Untamed Heart. I've watched... Terms of endearment. I've watched these really sad. I know they're going to be sad. I've seen the speech at the end of the Steel Magnolias. I'm good. Yeah. I don't feel like I need to cry my way through the notebook. No. Also, I feel like it's been built up too much that I'll probably just laugh instead. Also, is this, this seems like a, one of those movies that guys must really fall for because I had an ex boyfriend that cried at the notebook and it's not the ex boyfriend that you're thinking of. It's a surprising really? one. Oh. Caught him crying with headphones in (gasps) watching something on the computer and it was the notebook oh my gosh so i'm just saying any gentleman listeners that have watched the notebook and cried what is it what is it but this must be why we don't like gosling again we've talked about all this but this is the reason it's because you you haven't seen the notebook i don't like not like him i just don't get the mass animal attraction to him literally the reaction i have to him is He's all right. Meh. He's all right. So he's okay. Yeah, whatever. He seems nice. Sure. He's no Zach Morris. I mean, I don't know what, to, like, what. Right. I don't. He is no Zach Morris. He is no Great Zach. call. Okay. So. So okay. I'm going to picture Mark Paul Gossler. Okay. That's good. Go for that. So here, so the three most important people that we have involved in this building are Chris Wright and his wife, Bianca. There's another tenant named David Novak who is kind of has a weird job. He set up some sort of firm who helps wealthy people get ready for prison. Yeah. So it's like a consultant's firm that if you are going to prison for one of these things that wealthy people go to prison for, which is some sort of fraud, mm-hmm. some sort of embezzlement, he his firm helps you get your affairs in order and then gets like 
stuff set up for you in the prison so that if you're supposed to go to this kind of prison, you can go to this kind of prison. Like, it, it like, seems a little weird. Like, does he help you go to, like, the nice prison? Yes. Where so, they can golf still. Right. So, like, instead of going to a minimum security prison, you're going to, like, a day prison or whatever. Yeah. Not a day prison, but something like that. <laughs> are there da- Are there go- day... We'll see you in the morning. I know. Are there like outpatient prisons where you go only for the day? You have to show up at 8 a.m. and then you go home? No, there are like half houses like that and parole places like that. Like where if you're on parole and you might have to live in one of those places. But no, no prisons like that to my knowledge. Hmm. No. Okay. He also committed. Oh, well, I'll get. No, sorry. No, no. He did. He committed. So the reason he started this business is because he served some time in prison for committing mail fraud. Which I I have no idea what that means. I know. You know what it means? Kind of. I have no idea what that means. When you come to my house. To me, it means stealing stamps. And I know that's not right. If you were to fake stamps, like create fake stamps, I think (laughs) that you might get arrested. Counterfeit stamps. (laughs) Yes. If you were to print counterfeit, which is funny because I was looking at printers today because my printer died. It's over. And so I was looking at printers. And I was, every time I look at stupid electronics like this, I look at, um, I always want the ones that are kind of fancy. I always want the ones. And I'm like, well, maybe Kimberly and I need that for the business. Yeah. And I'm trying to talk myself into getting this like $200 Xerox setup that's like a laser toner print. I don't need it. I need something no. to print return labels to Amazon. That's yeah. what I need. Yes. But I that's, don't that's want that. That's literally all I use my printer for. But I don't want that. I want you and I to be able to print stickers and do stuff through the printer. In my head, we're going to do that. We're not. That's why we made merchandise on Zazzle and Redbubble available now. That was a good, clean segue up top. High five. Okay. Do you hear the cat? No. Okay, good. So anyways, David Novak has this helping people go to prison business. He also lives in the building. And he has this friend named Ken Dolazar. So Ken Dolazar enters the picture because he has given David Novak almost $2 million investing in some movie that David has decided to make about going going to prison as like a, you know, a rich man. Who knows? It sounds not interesting. The Martha Stewart story. Pretty much. Yeah. The Bernie Madoff. Yeah. Sequel. What kind of prison is Brody made off in? He's probably actually in a legit bad one, I feel like. Did you watch that movie with Robert De Niro and Michelle Pfeiffer? I did. I, I did, did too. No, I'm sorry. I didn't. I watched a different one. The one that was on like ABC or something. I need and you to watch. Had Blythe Danner as the wife, I believe. You need to watch the HBO one. It was Richard Dreyfus. That's like the same movie. Did they re? Did they make the same movie just yeah. with two different sets of like sixty-year-old actors? Yeah, that's correct. That's what they do. That's horrible. Yeah. And it said HBO got De Niro and Pfeiffer. Yeah. That's rough. Do you see what I'm saying? How like I don't know. There's disparate levels of stardom here. Yes, of course. Yes. Don't make the but same movie. But don't shame. Who? What about Bob? I moved, it's one of my favorite movies yeah stop that's one of my favorite i will not be ever shaming that movie i've watched it on repeat for years had it on vhs me too 
See, yeah. best friends. You don't want to be best friends with Bianca. Okay. She so. probably doesn't even know what about Bob is. She doesn't. She'd go, what about Robert? Yeah, she watches one of those like British cartoons that nobody gets. Like 10,000 cats. It's so delightful. They're so funny. Okay, sorry. That's not how she sounds. She's very no. sweet. She's not snotty at all. And she probably watches great TV. She probably watches Peep Show. Okay, so... <laughs> I gotta watch it. It sounds amazing. It's it's delightful, and Chris and David Mitchell is my boyfriend, so Steve, you need to watch it. David Steve, Mitchell's the guy in Peep Show. Would I know him from anything else? No, I just oh. love him, and it's weird. It's a weird thing. Okay, so and Oliver knows about it. It's fine. He's okay. my Bianca. Oh, okay, okay, I would leave you for David Mitchell. So. I understand. So Ken Dolazar enters the picture as he gives David Novak money for this movie that supposedly is going to get made chris is going into a starbucks that he always goes to right down the street from his house and he runs into david novak and ken dolazar ken dolazar and chris right get talking and they decide they're going to start doing some real estate deals together basically these are the three people that you need to remember ken dolazar chris wright and david novak so it's a little bit Dateline's a little bit vague on exactly what they're going to be doing together. It's some sort of real estate, I'm assuming, but or if the three of them are going in on it together, but I think it's just Chris and Ken. Yeah. But they're I all think. kind of but like it's just like it's just rich white men getting richer than That's, that's all exactly what it is. They're all like they just kind whatever of deal doing... and it might be shady, but probably Chris thinks it's above board. But well, like, and even Bianca says she tuned out when they listened yeah. to it. So now our story. So now we've met all our main players and our story really gets going. On November 15th, 2007, Detective Dean Carriger gets a radio, gets a radio call that there's a shooting at the Village Inn restaurant. So Village Inn is not an inn. It's just a restaurant, right? Where did you yelp it? Just curious. I was confused. The inn was very confusing to me because it didn't look nice enough to be associated with these fancy loft people. I know, it didn't, right? It looked like, I can't even, like, I couldn't, I didn't understand. No, I don't. Okay, it looks a little bit like a golden corral for those, for anyone. Like, that's sort of what, but I don't know, it also could be, it looks sweet, like a Bob's Big Boy, you know, like a dinery type restaurant that has, like, hamburger steak. That's the kind of place it looks like. So... There's a so Detective Dean Carragher gets a radio that there's been a shooting at the village in restaurant. He gets there. There is a man on the ground who's been shot five times. And the fifth shot was one of those extremely personal type shots where obviously the, the shooter was standing over him and shoots him point blank in the face, which to me is like that's like mob style killing. Right. No. And Keith has the best reaction. What did he say? Oh, he goes, it's like he's on automatic pilot, like doing this interview. So mm-hmm. say, say the say the face thing. Oh, um, and the final shot was delivered on top of the on top of the victim right to his face. Yeah. Oh, he, he does. Goes, You're right. He does. He, he does. goes. Yeah. Like he's just uh huh. And mm-hmm. then it hits him in the face and he goes, oh, right. Because it is like double take. Because it is a full on double take. Because it is like, and then he says, I think he says, it's like a professional hit. Like that's kind of what it seems like. They don't, yeah, they wanted to make sure the per that Ken was dead. Because sorry, the the jig is up. Ken. 
five shots does not seem very professional to me. That yeah, seems like I don't know. That too seems much. sloppy. Like, a professional would be like one shot, you're dead. Also in the car, not on the out front in the restaurant. So right. the person who has been shot is Ken Dolazar, our wealthy man who is loaning everyone money for their business dealings in the Wonka lofts. So while all of this tragedy happens in front of the village in restaurant, there's a guy sitting in his car. Just sit. So Lee Carlson is just chilling in his Toyota Camry, just sitting out front. I don't. Okay, so what's he doing? Maybe he lives in his car. He's a pre-van lifer. Okay, second option. Maybe he just ate one meal at the inn and is digesting before he goes in for his next meal. It's 7 a.m. He's waiting for the waitress he has a crush on to go on shift. I like that. I, I like that one. He's a nerd. No, he's, the he's waitress. A dumb guy. The waitress is his ex-girlfriend. He's going to try to win her back when she mm-hmm. goes on shift. He has a plan. He's doing some vague stalking. No, he's not doing stalking. I didn't go there with him. I think that more that he's trying to make a romantic gesture to win her back because she is attracted to Johnny, who works at Village Inn, as the he's- general manager. He's going to pull an offset and Cardi B. Yo, how hip am I, guys? That I know about that. Oh, I don't need, I barely know who either of those people are. Was that Cardi B? Is that how she, she doesn't do that, right? Is that her oh, thing? <laughs> Can you do yes. it? No. <laughs> Try it. Do it one more time. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh wow, that kind of hurt my ears. Oh, like that? You did it. Yes. She just makes noise. Yeah, she does. It's. it's I'm fascinated by the movement of her mouth and then yeah. what she's saying or not saying. What's her accent? What is her period? What is she? What's like, happening what is she with her? Trying to say, but she she does talk so funny. It's really cute. It's a very like I I can't follow it, but it's funny. It's like, are she making up words or is that just no, the way I, she sounds? And we're like, we're just supposed to go along with it. Like, I'm a, we don't I'm need gonna subtitles. Have, I'm going to have to cut all this. We just sound like a bunch of dumb white girls. We can't no, talk about I Cardi B. I think everyone knows why she talks like that. Everyone is obsessed with the way she talks. I think it's awesome and adorable. Like, I'm fascinated. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't could, know any of her songs, but I've watched her like on SNL or tried interviews and going, I want to talk. Why does she talk like that? That's awesome. It's so cute. It's just like a well, she doll does, that is programmed wrong. Or she does sounds for like feelings. So like when she's yes. on, like when she's on a talk show or whatever, she'll be like, you know, it was murdered. <laughs> like she just does, like she's like Bjork. But there's an accent there. It's not an accent. It's just words. I'm it's obsessed. Sound now. effects. Okay, we'll get into it later. You have too many obsessions. All right, we got to keep going. We're never going to get through this. I'm. I don't even know what page I'm on. I have three pages of notes because I get carried away. Okay, so we don't know why Lee Carlson was sitting in the parking lot in his car. You, all of your reasoning sounded good to me. I wrote waiting to use the restroom. I don't know what I was thinking. Like maybe he didn't want to, maybe the restroom in his apart, the bathroom in his apartment was broken. So he was waiting for Village Inn to open so he could just hop in and use their bathroom real quick. That's what I thought. That's honestly all I came up with. He also could just be like seriously checking on like the weather or times before he gets on the road. 
trying to see what the traffic will be. We're, we're thinking way too much about why why Lee Carlson was there. But the fact of the matter is he is there and he witnesses the whole thing go down and then proceeds for the rest of the episode to remember more and more. <laughs> to make up things. To make up things about what he saw. So, And I did not realize, I'm sure you'll get into more detail, but listening to the story about Liz's mom, Sandra Melgar, on Truth and Justice, it's like textbook what she did was what people do that get them in trouble instead of saying, I want an attorney. She's trying to help. It comes from a good place. But Bob Ruff is like, don't um, imagine what maybe happened to try to help them. Don't just, just say what you think. Just say what you remember. Don't make up anything else because you're trying to assist them. Would you not do? I would totally do that. Right, because we want to be helpful. But it's the exact wrong thing to do because then they can later say that they're catching you in a lie. We're both going to prison for a very totally. long time. I'm learning yeah. so much from the podcast. I am so Not glad you listened. I'm really, I'm really <laughs> glad you listened to Truth and Justice because I listened to it forever and I told you to listen and you didn't yeah. do it until now it directly affects you because you know her. Yeah. I, I'm listening for Fizz, but now I'm also, I went back and I'm listening to the season before also about those three boys that went missing it's really yeah uh, you need to listen do you know his whole podcast started with adnan right yes i haven't listened that's why i started listening to it was because i was listening to undisclosed at the time and then i started listening to truth and justice but also you we need to get in touch with him and see if he wants to go to chili's with us and talk about the case see if you if he comes to visit fizz then liz can all hang out and all of us could hang out. Liz, Liz let, my mom wants to have lunch with you too. Liz, let so. me know if you want to do lunch at Chili's. Okay. Yeah. So moving on. Lee Carlson is obviously taken to the police department and describes who he thinks he saw as the shooter. He describes him as having a longer nose, a little bulgy eyes, which makes me think of Peter Laurie every time. So you know Peter Laurie from Casablanca? Okay. Many other movies. Arsenic I'm and Old Lace. Of the, uh, Arsenic the and Old Lace. Monster. Aki, Aki, Aki. Oi, oi, oi. Yeah, the Og Monster. Okay, you're thinking of Gareth. No, I'm thinking of the one that he goes, um, it, um, the one that Stephen Merchant plays. And David Brent goes, oh, those eyes. What's, and he goes, it's astigmatism I've had since the age of five. That's right. And I'm very self conscious about it. It is a little bit like, <laughs> okay, so he describes Stephen Merchant. I'm not going to call you the Og Monster. What's your real name? He's like, Paul. Well, that's a nice name. No, it's not I'm Paul. I'm going to call you that. It's I know it's not Paul. I can't think of it, though. I think it's He's like, like Martin. That's a nice name. I think it's I'm going to call you that. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I loved that. Uh, okay, so he does. He describes Stephen Merchant. He says that he has a longer nose, eyes a little bit bulgy, long hair that's in a ponytail that looks like a wig. So, yeah. can, honestly, Lee, that's very helpful. And if we had left it at that, I would have been happy. Oh, he also said he heard him speaking and he sounded Eastern European. So it is yeah. Peter Laurie. So that's that's done. I'm going to you'll know, can you look it up real quick on your phone so you know who I'm sure. talking about? Sure. Oh yeah. That's who it is, right? Could be him. Wow, those are some eyes. Yeah. Yeah. He's the og monster. And Eastern Eastern European, he is an og monster. Aki, so Aki. So now we have um what I coined as the useless interview because I got a little bit frustrated because we have a lot of people that live in the loft that sort of come in and out. But then we also have Ken Dolisar's 
best friend, Matt. Yeah, Matt, we didn't need him. So the nicest thing that Matt talks about is how generous Ken is, because we don't know a lot about Ken. We know that Chris cries at the notebook, but we don't know much about yeah, the person who died. It kind of died. feels like this story is not really about Ken, even though he's the one that died. Well, I have to be honest. When I, wa- like, when I was watching the first part, I thought Chris was going to die. Yeah. Because that's kind of how they're setting it up. We're not really talking about Ken. And I think the Dateline needed to put some more stuff about Ken in. So we bring in Matt, the best friend. But he does sound like Ken was a really generous guy. They they coached a hockey team together. And he would like give money out of his pockets. If the kids said they were struggling, he would like hide money in their bag. And I was like, that's, that's a good man. So it is, it's pretty, it's a pretty horrible way to die. So... Keith now tells us that, so Ken obviously is spreading his money all around town, and now Keith sort of drops a bomb on us that this vast fortune that Ken has is not actually his. Oh, right. It actually belongs to Dee, his wife. And it's not actually Dee's money either. It's her previous ex-husband's business that had all this money. So this is a seems to be one of those, again, very rich people things that everyone has bad feelings about all this money because now d is remarried but still has claim to some of this business fortune of her ex-husband etc etc it's not the best situation and she seems like a piece of work she does and i really wanted an interview with d and i'm a little bit bummed and we'll get to that so um detective and i'm trying not to judge ken for marrying her why you think she's that bad Oh, we'll, uh, we'll get to it. Okay, yeah. Did he so, marry her for money? I don't know. I don't think so. He doesn't seem... He seems to be giving away a lot of money for someone who married someone else for money. That's true. He doesn't, you know... I don't know, but we also don't know how many cars he had. Maybe he had 18 sports cars. Right. So he's just giving people $5, not $50. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm Like in my head that he's stuffing like $100 bills into yeah. people's... Like he's like Mr. Monopoly. And right. instead, could have been like, here's three dollars. Go to Seven Eleven. Here's get like five two dollar bills, which is yeah. just irritating. And then people think you're giving them fake money. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Jesse, if you're listening, we see you. Okay, so Ken's personal assistant tells Detective Carragher that the day before that he was shot, he had a phone call to set up this meeting at seven a.m. at the Village Inn, but not. But he doesn't know who called. The assistant has no idea who the caller was, but there was also a voicemail from the person who had called left earlier in the day. And we hear the voicemail and it's someone named Robert and their name obviously really isn't Robert, but it's, it sounds like every other guy in the history of the world. I don't know. They're sort of mumbling. He has a deep voice and he says, um, a lot Mm -hmm. like you and I do. Yes, he does. Yes. So... Robert, this call made by Robert, in quotes, had been calling from a prepaid phone that turns out was paid for in cash. But at this point, you know that it was a rich person because they didn't buy the prepaid phone at Walmart. They bought it at the AT&T store. That is actually a great point. You're so right. Right. I need a phone. I'm going to go to the phone store. I'm going to go to AT&T, not even like Metro PCS. They went to (laughs) AT&T. Sorry, is Metro PCS like not? No, that's fine. But like, what's the one that's kind of cricket? What's the one? Cricket wireless. Is cricket the one that like the service is not so good? They're terrible. Yeah. Okay. 
That's a shame. Okay, so, but he went to like straight, this person that buys the, like that was called, left the voicemail, had a fancy prepaid phone, basically. So, Carragher talks more to the family, and the family tells him that he needs to be looking into David Novak, the aspiring filmmaker slash... Advice giver? Corporate espionage advice giver for people to get caught. So... Apparently, D, Ked's wife, had been in jail for tax fraud. Um, and had she's a winner. Used David Novak's services to help her with her transition to prison life mm-hmm. behind bars. Uh, I was really surprised by that. Were you not surprised? Well, I've seen this episode like twenty-seven times, but can you remember? I that? had forgotten that part. Yeah. So yeah, I was kind of surprised actually. So, so Detective Carragher speaks to Novak, uh, goes over to the apartment and asks about this strange connection. Novak basically gives him zero info. But as Carragher is going to leave, he says, hey, why don't you take a look at this surveillance footage from the AT&T store where this prepaid phone was bought from? And David Novak identifies Chris Wright as the person buying the phone. Don don don. Exactly. So Carragher goes straight to Chris's office. Chris sort of comes up with. Uh, now this is the first time we hear anything about like Ken's personality besides the fact that he's super generous. Chris tells the detective that Ken was super paranoid, that he wanted Chris to buy him prepay phones so they could talk in private. I don't know why. Um. And basically, Detective Carragher's sort of alarm bells are going off because he thinks that story sounds really phony. The paranoia thing sounds a little much. And he also thinks, as he's talking to Chris Wright, that he, that Chris Wright's voice sounds really familiar. And Carragher thinks that, oh, my God, this is the guy that left the voicemail. So they, which we'll get to. Let's just say Kimberly's shaking her head and I'm shaking my head. They get a search warrant. Based on the fact that he was identified at the store and that his voice sounds like the voicemail. And according to Bianca, the police come in, do a sweeping search as a roving gang of toddlers. She looks so good. She We're nails so it. Excited. Keith even laughs. <gasps> yeah, she got, she said they tore everything apart and they even tore apart my toaster. She sets a picture. I mean, only she can make the police coming in and destroying all your property sound charming also it does make you think of oompa loompas that's a yes. roving band of toddlers yeah that's true orange so, toddlers we should just call this yeah i don't know we should change the name of this episode good we're gonna do that so the police had already established that there was a nine millimeter handgun that was used as the murder weapon and they pull out Chris's sort of intense assortment of guns. He had yeah. a lot of guns. Yeah. And, of course, the 9mm is missing, and they immediately arrest Chris. Yeah. Which seems all very circumstantial to me. Yeah, but they have a picture of the phone, him buying a phone. The phone. And then... The phone. The phone. Mm-hmm. And then the gun. I mean, that makes sense. They need more. But I understand why they're focused on him at this point. I guess. All right. But he has a full, but Chris does have a full alibi. Bianca swears up and down that he was home with her all morning. He was there at 7 a.m. It was 7 a.m., yeah. yeah. 
And then later, I did a little bit of outside research on this one, and she says he was actually sick that morning. I mean, oh. She remembers specifically because he was sick. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. Um, yeah. So now- but We've heard women lie for their husbands before and say they were home. Oh, oh yeah. No, yeah. but B- Bianca sort of seems like a no-nonsense, but it also might just be because she's British, and it's like, well, Hermione wouldn't lie. No, know? she does. Yeah, you're right. She's like, he was there without a shadow of a doubt. He was lying a foot next to me. Yes, he was. And it's also the fact that she uses, you're right, words like that. He was a foot away. Yeah. That you believe her. Yes. So then she starts talking a little bit more about David Novak and saying, because he lived in the building a few floors up, she was sort of going to him for advice because obviously he works to help rich people who are going to prison. So she's sort of getting his advice, navigating the legal system. And she tells she tells Keith that basically she's she's not she's going to stand by Chris's side because she knows that he's not a murderer. She says she doesn't want to be married to a murderer. And if she had any of the slightest inkling of doubt, she would leave him. She's yeah, not she's, one of those women. Exactly. She yeah. basically says, I'm not one of those women on Dateline, except she doesn't say that. But like yeah. that would just blindly believe him. Exactly. I know he didn't do it. He was there with me. Right. So the evidence that we have is the voice message and the fact that the call was pinging off a cell tower near the loft, the missing gun, the stupid eyewitness, who now comes forward and says that Chris is the guy that he saw. I mean, literally goes from long nose and bulgy eyes, and I didn't get a good look, to looking at a photoshopped picture of chris in like a ponytailed wig yeah he takes the picture of chris he takes and it's like oh that's a wig on it on the computer that's the guy that i saw no it's not it is that is the opposite of what a witness is supposed to do yeah like do more research and try to figure out you tell them exactly what you know, nothing more, because right. you are just imagining things. Your memory is faulty, and you are now photoshopping and putting together things no, online he, to see if, like, that's not what you're supposed to do. He is killing me. He killed me. He is so dumb, dumb. Yeah. I can't. And that there was piercing blue eyes, right? Is this the piercing uh, which blue eyes Which he specifically point? said yeah. before he didn't get a good look, except they were bulging, but he saw him from the side. And then I know, and Bianca's like, "How would you see?" She she sort of does that's really sarcastic. Oh yes, because he he had these Nordic piercing blue eyes from the side, (laughs) and she kind of like looks away. It's great. Yeah, she rolls her eyes. She really, yeah, she she nails it. So it's at this point that I am noticing that what's happening before commercial breaks is that Dateline is using this puzzle graphic. Yes. Put basically up together a picture of Chris Wright. Put together a puzzle motif of Chris Wright's headshot, like a, just a, over a picture the of him. Picture of the loft over the so there's a picture of a loft. Then you have Chris Wright's head cut out, and then there's a puzzle coming into place. Yes, it's like one of those games where the puzzle pieces slowly appear and you have to try to guess what it is. But then they're also doing this thing where they have the picture of the loft and then they have, they take each like 
set of windows and put a picture of who lives they're in doing that, that too yes. so you can visually see like who lives above who it's like a game of clue it is it's like a it board really game is. yeah and they're like here's where the rights live here's where that neighbor that gossips is here's where david novak lives oh and and then they keep moving things around and like then puzzle pieces start appearing on the screen yeah they go in on like graphics and a theme Oh no! I loved it. This is, but then again, we've named it suspicion, so I can't. Yeah, it should have been puzzle pieces. It should have. It should have been something with windows, a board game, something clue, like bad neighbors, something like we could have had anything. Yeah. Who's coming to dinner? Great. Damn it! I mean, that means something else, but yes, it does. It's fine. I tried. Who's coming to brunch? That would be more likely. I bet they have brunches. They who's totally have who's coming for a nightcap? That means something different too. Okay, but anyways, so <laughs> apparently, what we find out after the commercial break is the killer had used Ken's car after the shooting to flee the scene. So they find Ken's car somewhere. They don't tell us where or how they find it, right. which I feel like would have been a lot of evidence, but that's fine. And apparently, they find a tiny piece of Chris's DNA in the driver's side of the car. Yes. So. Now the real thing that they need, they've got all of these little bits of evidence and what they really need at this point is to find that actual murder weapon or tie that gun to the weapon used at the scene. So the detective character gets some sort of phone call from one of his buddies down at the station and says, hey, did you check that gun case? Because sometimes those gun cases will have a, a, or sometimes the gun case will have a shell, a shell casing in the, you know... In with I the guess gun. the gun people sell a gun no. with a discharged no. bullet as like part of when no. you buy the gun. Appar- yes. Apparently the manufacturer decides to give a sample. Yeah. So they give you a sample test fired shell casing. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> with every is. gun it sells. That's what the manufacturer said. So why in the world would a gun manufacturer company do that? This to me was the most loot. Because it wasn't, you understand, it wasn't a shell casing. It was a fired shell casing. Right. It's very strange. So So that you could match it when you're doing your own shooting? I don't get it. So that you can match it if this gun kills someone? Is this like a killer prevention? Is there a place in the... You know, like um, a drill box and it has the foam that matches different parts. Is there like a cutout for that casing? Or does it just float around inside the case that the gun comes in? Yeah, is it in a little baggie? Like, why Why would they need that? I don't know. So here's... I, I don't know why you would keep it. I mean, I guess if you're into guns, maybe you'd keep everything that came with your gun. That's exactly what I wrote. I said, why wouldn't... Also, why wouldn't Chris just throw it out it's when he opened the gun? Strange. And then also, maybe actually every time a new gun model is made, we should there should be a case, a sh- fired shell casing that's kept on file. I think the police do that now. They do do that. Okay, I was just... I, th- uh, I think, I think. It's very smart if they do. If I think they do. We need to do that, if not. But, but I might okay. be disappointed and they don't. Okay, that's going to be upset. But you see what I... Because I feel like that shell casing is there just to catch murderers. Right. Because otherwise, why would anyone need it? And why would Chris keep it? You just throw it away. Yeah. So Bianca at this point says the word 
categorically. And I thought you would love it. And I I wrote it in quotes. I do. I said, Bianca says categorically and the baby Jesus comes back to life is what I wrote down. (laughs) (laughs) There's another word she says that makes the baby Jesus rise again. There is? Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. I knew it. Okay. So Bianca basically starts countering all of the evidence that they have. Chris doesn't have a European ap- an a- European accent. Why would Chris wear a wig to a meeting with someone who he already knew was really, really paranoid? Who he's to- met before. Who he's met before. They know it would be a fake wig because they know he doesn't have a ponytail. Oh, my goodness. Also, and so... Obviously, Ken would drive away if Chris yeah, pulled up in a wig. Out. He'd be like, bye. bye. And so Chris is also completely left-handed and the murderer was right-handed. And he she is... says categorically. No. Unequivocally. No. Staggeringly. Staggeringly. Left-handed. Left-handed. There we go. So he cannot do anything with his right hand. No. Like I'm crazy right-handed. I cannot I can barely do the remote control with my left hand. Oh yeah. And this person, this dum dum, the one thing he did say from the very beginning Lee? was he saw the killer take his hand out of his right pocket and shoot the person with his right hand. There you go. But apparently Chris, who is left-handed, can shoot really well with his right hand, even though he's staggeringly left-handed. which is very interesting going back to Bob Ruff because the second to latest episode, they think the killer was um, left-handed and Sandra is right-handed. Really? Yeah. They think the blood spatter proves it. It's really fascinating. I've been only listening to Sleuth, but I got to get caught up on that podcast. But I just had a really horrifying thought that if I was ever witness to a crime, Kimberly, I would be convinced it was the left hand. I would be like, you could not change my mind. Yeah. And then I'd send someone to prison. And I'm completely car blind. So I could definitely send someone to death row. God help us all if we ever witness a crime. All right. Also, Bianca, the getting back to Bianca defending all of the reasons why this 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 evidence is bunk. She says that she lost the gun on a shooting trip. In the great at the Great Salt Lake. Now, I'm gonna just gonna say this. For some reason, when Bianca says her British pals come into town and they go on a shooting excursion at the Great Salt Lake, it sounds delightful because yeah. I feel like they're all in tweed and they all have like <laughs> little snacks and like they're going fox and they're, hunting. They're drinking like ale and sort of warm, you know, hot toddy type drinks in thermoses. And they're all going out to the Salt Lake with pistols to shoot at who knows what rocks, trees. But I don't they know. wanted the American experience of going shooting these British but, friends. So they probably brought Bud Light and some but maybe red not. hats. But do you see what I'm saying about how when I'm picturing this British shooting excursion, it sounds great. But then if at any other dateline I heard about people going out to the Great Salt Lake with guns, I'd be like, oh, they're river rats. Yes. That's what I'd be like. And gross. And with like big, big tank tops. Yeah. Okay. And sweat. No, these friends, I mean, unless these friends were given like a total American makeover. And they were given like trucker hats, like Ashton Kutcher in the 90s mm-hmm. and board shorts or something, which that would be really funny to dress them up like that. But I think they weren't. They just wanted to pretend they were American for a day and see how much Americans love guns. We're also forgetting 
Yeah. The only way is Essex. She could have friends like that. Well, gel. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's well gel. They could all, They could be like that. I don't know if Bianca has friends like that. They go tanning. No? Like that version of George. It's called Georgia Shore or something. Jo- yes. Jo- Georgie Shore. What's it called? The British Geordie. version of Georgie Geordie. Shore. Geordie yeah, Shore. Geordie Shore. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. I, either way, this trip sounds hilarious, even though you're totally right. I would roll my eyes out of my head if I heard about a shooting trip, because I don't like guns. But that when she says it's like British people trying to see what Americans do, I think it sounds hilarious. And then they lose a gun. So, and then she loses the gun. Yeah. And that's like kind of, I mean, you believe her story because it's it's detailed, but it's not super detailed because she just says, look, I put it down. It was getting dark. We went to go do other things. And honestly, it just came home without it. I don't yeah. know what happened to it. And then the friends totally back her up. They have the two other friends from the loft on. And she says, look, she, we watched her accidentally throw her wedding ring away. So then I remembered that there was a year, a few years ago, that I throw away, threw away two wallets in one year. Yeah. One at Sharky's, one at still an undetermined location. Never to retrieve them. They were gone. But, like, it happens if you're just absent-minded. My mom lost two phones, well, the same phone, at the top of the walking, hiking trail two nights in a row and had to go up to the top of the hill in the dark two nights in a row to find her cell phone. So it happens. If you're one of those people, they say she's so sweet, but she's kind of a dingbat. That's what they said. Exactly. So it it makes sense. It does seem a little weird that it's, and it just happens to be this gun. Right. So, but they, but then Keith says, but she was no dingbat the day they searched the apartment. So when right. the police come <laughs> and do their search of the apartment, she is very skeptical that this mystery, <laughs> this mystery sample test fired shell casing that comes with every newly purchased nine millimeter is, uh, that that was actually in the case with the gun. Where the gun was supposed to be. She said she remembers the police officer opening the case. She was standing right next to her and that there was no casing inside. So she's she's pretty convinced that that was planted. Yeah. She said she was watching them like a hawk. And then it does seem a little bit like Manitow County when they the sixth time they looked for the car keys, Mm -hmm. they found the car keys. And then my thought was, can you are you allowed to videotape if people are searching your property? Yeah, I would think so. Like could she have had her phone out the whole time and just been going around? There are her? pictures of her sitting there. There like, are upset yeah. at the table. So I'm wondering if you're allowed as a citizen to videotape what's right. happening if the police are searching your personal property. To show that they don't plant anything. This is a question. Later. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Okay, we gotta find out. Okay. So now the loose puzzle pieces. <laughs> um basically the puzzle has completed and it is it was a picture fully of chris's face right but then we start talking about bianca's going around to all of her friends in the loft and is sort of convincing them that all of this evidence is actually not the evidence they think it is and she's doing her refutes of everything that they found and we start to lose puzzle pieces out of chris's face at this point. Oh, I didn't notice that. we do. We start to lose puzzle pieces. That's when we start That's to funny. lose it after she refutes all the evidence. <laughs> so now we get to meet the, get a little more close and personal with the loft friends. Uh, Dave and Lisa are the two main ones, the married couple that live, I don't know, a couple floors down. 
Um, so Dave and Lisa are having dinner with David Novak. And apparently David Novak and David Lisa are very good friends. And this is after Chris has been arrested and Bianca has been going around to everyone. And David Novak announces that he's moving. I didn't feel like Bianca was going around to everyone. No, I think she's just. No, I think she's just having conversations with her friends. And they are, even though they were at first probably like, oh, well, the police must have a lot on him are starting to see, no, the police are actually wrong. Yeah. But also... I don't think she was man, like like Jehovah's Witnessing knocking on people's doors going, let me tell no, you I'm about sorry. Jesus and why my husband is innocent. I didn't mean to make it sound like that. I more meant to, yeah. like, she has gotten the word out that things are not as they seem. Yeah. Not, I don't, I don't think she's putting up flyers. Right. But I think she's talking to her friends. So... Yeah. David Novak announces that he's leaving. He's moving out of Salt Lake City, just out of nowhere. Dave and Lisa say that basically Novak has been nervous ever since Chris has been arrested. And yeah, so see, I think they kind of started to come to this conclusion on their own. I think they did. But I think that Novak saying he was moving was the was the clinch pin. I think that was 100%. the thing that sort of like, as soon as yeah. that balloon was popped, like they saw all the confetti yeah. inside and were like, Because okay. I think at the beginning they thought Chris did it. They said, oh, we feel so sorry for Bianca. She's like, she's blinded by right. what her husband they has did. clearly done. Yeah. You know, we don't, you know, right. we'll be still but be then nice to her. I think, We're not going to like shun her, but we think he did it, obviously. But I think, that's why I'm saying I think Bianca convinced them because they had said that at the beginning. They had said, no, no, like we we feel really bad for her. But I think it was a lot of Beyonce, Be- Beyonce, Beyonce. It was a lot Beyonce. of Bianca like saying, Beyonce. no, li- listen to me about the evidence. Sorry, I don't know why I say it like that. <laughs> there so. was a Saturday Night Live skit where I can't remember if it was Kristen Wiig. She was like this Southern uppity woman who would be like, Beyonce. <laughs> That's how she pronounced oh it. God. It always made me laugh. Like, like yeah. fiance. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. It made me laugh. Um, so, uh, so Dave and Lisa decide to do a little bit of investigating on their own and start talking to other people in the loft building and come to find out they, they all knew that he had done t- uh, some time in prison, right? For fraud. But they had, he had told everyone in the loft building sort of different stories about what exactly happened and what exactly happened was it's like this huge con it wasn't just like mail fraud he was making stamps in his basement or opening somebody's mail that he wasn't supposed to it was like the dateline bottom of the lake but with david no yes it was he made it like he printed some fake stamps yeah no and instead he he used a private okay first of all this is the most rich white guy scheme Bougie, yeah. i think i've ever heard in my life the con was he used a private flying club which what the what is what what even is that what does that mean like you have pro okay whatever i can't i just don't live in all right i just feel like my people probably aren't allowed in this flying i don't think i don't think my people are allowed exclusive club i think if you have ever lived on a farm you are not in this club okay so (laughs) used a private flying club to run an insurance scam and as this scam sort of which i don't know what an insurance it's fine as this scam starts to catch up to him he fakes his own death Yes. 
he like crashes a plane into something and leaves it, it there. It is like bottom of the it lake. Totally it totally is. Totally is. Yeah, it I totally didn't even is. realize, but it really is. Yeah. Do you think he ever wore jeans with zippers on the thighs? Well, that really bothered you, didn't it? It did. They were horizontal zippers across the thighs. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's very but upsetting. I think, uh, no, I think he had an un- unnatural amount of headshots. Like a lot of him like yeah. sitting on stairs again. Why do guys do that? Stop sitting on stairs and taking pictures. Okay. So unless you're like a family of 15, then you guys should all be sitting on stairs in every picture because it's easier. You can get yeah, everybody in. True. Yeah. That's okay. true. Like the Brady Bunch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. Okay. So also he never told anyone in the building that he was the one who identified Chris, which was mm-hmm. the start of this whole rigmarole. Yeah. Now we need to talk a little bit about the motive for Novak. So Novak borrowed almost $2 million for Ken for some movie, for this movie that he was going to make about his business, getting rich people better deals. Um, Sounds like a winner. There was never any movement with the movie. And the Loft friends say that Novak used to like brag about Russian mob ties. And so what they think he did was found someone who looked like Chris to basically set Chris up for the whole thing. So when he introduced Ken to Chris in the first place a few months prior, that was on purpose, knowing Mm -hmm. that he was going to have to kill Ken. But what... Mm -hmm. So the motive was just because he couldn't pay back this $2 million. And the whole thing was collapsing. Yeah, I think he had multiple schemes going on besides that. Well, he did, which I found out in outside information. Yeah, I'm sure I'm not at all. It's mm-hmm. once a scammer, always a scammer. And He's that's a scammer. His whole life was one built upon another. But oh, I don't yeah. understand was if he hired someone to kill Ken Dolazar, why would he have that person wear a fake wig if Chris was bald? I think because he, I think he was really smart. I think he was, I think he was thinking like a disguise. look even more like him. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like Ken was wearing. I mean, it looks like Chris was wearing a wig, right? Because it ma- so make it a super obvious looking wig, right? So it looks like Chris like is a, wearing this wig with a stupid ponytail, right? Idiot. So Bianca says that this whole thing sounds like an awful movie, but if you've ever met Novak, go go for it. He has a Byzantine mind. Byzantine. Byzantine mind. Can you explain? Which is when baby Jesus came back to life. Yes, it is. Can you? Is that the word? Yeah. I knew it was. Can you explain to me and everyone else what that means? I believe it means like a labyrinth, like layers upon layers, twists and turns, like brilliant. What's the cat? That's that's Danny the champion. He's upset. He doesn't like that word. Are you double checking right now? Byzantine. Yeah. Intricate, complex, elaborate scheming and intrigue, especially yeah. for the gaining of political power or favor. So she won for the she won this SAT word of the day. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. That's it for no, but for like the year for 2018. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good job, Bianca. You did it. Even though I don't think this aired in 2018. And she dropped it like nothing. Like it was. Oh, not like even, nothing. She didn't even that have was to the think thing. Think about it. No, it was just right there. Right mm-hmm. there. 
So the plot was too involved, convoluted, labyrinthine maneuvering. So you nailed Look, it. Look, I said now nah, you labyrinth. you nailed it. Okay. So she thinks that when she kept talking to Novak after Chris's arrest, that he was probably just fishing for info, which, of course, it's exactly what mm-hmm. he was doing. Um, and another Loft friend says that he had invited Novak over for dinner one night. This is long before anything and had asked him, have you ever thought about committing the perfect murder? Also, Which this- I think is what rich people talk about. Jeez, and it becomes it- this like the deadliest hunt. What's the deadliest catch? The I- deadliest game where they hunt people on an island. Like this yeah. is what rich people talk about. This is the hard thing is the person saying this is like, of course you asked that. with like, And yeah. you literally can picture him in sort of like a dark colored button down. Yes, with like with maybe French cuffs, so maybe he's got like a glinty cuff link on with a cigar on the veranda with a with a brandy with a swirling glass. Like this is exactly who that guy is who's telling us this story. And then you picture, of course, they're sitting down after dinner. The dimmer's on, you know, the lights are sort of low, and he says, "Have you ever thought about committing the perfect murder?" Yes, barf. Um, Yeah whatever so i would like it if you and i sometime after chinese food and watching <laughs> 90 day fiance kimberly have you ever thought about stealing from a friend i mean it would make more friend? sense because we host a podcast about dateline right but when these two rich white dudes say it like so rich like it's so creepy so creepy and also it's like well, well you'll both get away have, with it i have a dungeon a secret lair where oh, I have captured Bob. several homeless people and no one will miss them. Master Bob. Yes. Except with transients. Instead of slave, slave women. Oh, yeah. Lord. So Novak answers him and says, well, yeah. And he says the key, the key is getting someone else arrested for the crime so police will stop looking. Yeah. Now, I don't know. That all sounds a little too perfect for me. And I'm like, did you really ask him? Like, did you guys really? Ha- I mean, I can picture that conversation happening. Or did you just want a really good soundbite for Dateline? Which is, it is. Yeah. But also, they didn't lead with it. And they didn't. There's other things they could have used that soundbite for. And the fact that they didn't makes me think that Keith also perhaps did not think it was genuine. Mm, interesting. Keith is a scholar and also... An older man who might have a conversation with someone involving the perfect crime. Oh, he sounds so and good doing it. Keith did not fall for this shenanigan whatsoever. I'm just but it say is that. the coldest thing because it shows not any disregard for the person you're murdering, but also not any disregard for the person that you're framing for your murder. So, what do you mean, it, not any disregard? Like it's no the, regard. It's doubly cold because yeah, you don't even care that someone else is going to jail for your crime. Not only do you not care that you've murdered someone, right. you're also fine, totally fine with framing an innocent person. Yes. So it's diabolical. <gasps> yeah. It is Dennis level diabolical. Mm-hmm. We, that's what we have here. Okay. So now we found out my OMG moment of the entire episode, which is that actually Ken's wife, D is in prison. Not that yeah. she went to prison, that yeah. she's in prison at the yeah. time of the murder which they do a very good job of not telling us yeah. and then all of a sudden it's oh by the way she's in prison for tax fraud in real time yeah. so she told police she had no idea that ken had a meeting the day he had a meeting even but the night before the murder 
they had actually had a prison phone call that's recorded where he tells her, I have a meeting at 7 a.m. Right. She says she just forgot the call with all the stress of him dying. And I, I actually kind of believe her because I'm like, yeah. who knows what was going on I don't know what her. her motive would be to lie about that. None. Zero motive. It's right. the dumbest thing. It's also like... If he's telling you his schedule for the next day and you're locked up, you could care less. Right. Oh, you have a meeting at 7 a.m.? That's okay, great. Have you fun. get to go out and breathe fresh air? Yeah. Wonderful. But that's fun. Can you put more money in my commissary? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I can't. Um, Although they did have a funny conversation about it because he's like, it's at 7 a.m. And she goes, oh, I love that. I know. And he's like, I know. Can you believe it? And I, like, I, it was like a normal husband-wife banter. Like, I think she's implying she likes to get up early and he hates it. So I was actually, know, or was it the opposite? I was just actually wondering if it was more that we missed the first part of the sentence, which is that it was at the village inn. And because <laughs> when she said that, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe she, there's something really good there. Maybe they have like the best eggs Benedict. Maybe oh, it's yeah, like the yeah. breakfast spot yeah. in Utah. I didn't know. That's we should have, we should have looked it up. Okay. So. She details the police that she's convinced that the meeting was with David Novak, even though he says in the call, he says, my friend. He yeah, but really... I think she knew what it was regarding. Which we don't I... know what it was regarding. So I don't like some that. sort of deal. But I think she I don't think he was close enough with Chris that he would refer to Chris as his friend. Chris was more a new business acquaintance. But I don't understand why she he would say my friend instead of David because D had hired David Novak. Right. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. You would say David if it's someone that you both know. Because then the wife goes, oh, David, you mean the one I hired because I'm in jail and I brought him into your life? My friend David? Like, it's super shady when people do that. But we're going to- My friend. I don't like that. We're going to get to this in like two seconds. So let's- I have an idea about D. I, okay. I have I have an idea. Okay. So now all of the puzzle pieces have fallen away from Chris Wright and we're revealed David Novak. <gasps> so now the David man Novak. Behind the, mask. Right, the man behind the puzzle. The puzzle. He is the puzzle. Okay. Yeah. He's the enigma. So trial time. Defense says this whole thing is a conspiracy set up very cleverly by David Novak. In now, his eyes and teen mind. In his Yes. And now Keith gets to talk to Chris on the phone, which I think is kind of great because Chris is in prison and he really wants to be on Dateline in person to plead his case and the prison won't let him. But I feel like that's a good that makes me feel like he didn't do it. He wants to be on Dateline. He's like, no, I I want to let people know. So he said in order to to this the phone call is taking place before his trial and he says in order for this jury to find me guilty they would have to believe that i just got up one morning and decided to put on a disguise and go and shoot someone right that's sorry apologies. is that the golden girls yeah the golden girls theme song do i get it phone. do i get points for guessing that was really two fast seconds? yeah that you know how Name you were saying your secret talent is that you can remember the tv show stuff like yeah moments and things like that minus songs i'm really good at getting songs in the first few seconds that's impressive no it's not that impressive i wish i had a bunch of other skills like being able to know my left from right i now know what game we're going to be playing when we are waiting in the airport going to crime con this year yeah i hope play songs and you're going to guess them or if we no that's not fun and we're stuck in line 
Or I'm going to come up with quotes that that I'm going to come up with quotes from TV shows and quiz you on shows I know you know. Okay. Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. You are going to crush it. Okay. Keith is talking to Chris on the phone. Chris says, this is ridiculous. I obviously didn't do it. I want the people out there to hear the voicemail and hear my voice and tell me that's the same person. Tell me I sound like that voicemail. What do you think? Kimberly, can't say your last name. What do you think? I think it's absolutely not him. I think the guy on the phone is like 12,000 octaves lower. And not fake lower. Not, not fake lower. Not like I'm Real deepening lower. my voice so that I sound like a different person. It yeah. sounds It sounds and like a Chris different- And Chris is adamant. He's like, he's exactly what you said. He's like, let the audience, I would let the, play it, right? And Keith is like, let's play it right now. And he's like, let people hear it. It is not me. The one thing that I wanted to know is if Chris was an um guy. He doesn't seem not, to be when he's talking. He doesn't seem to say a lot of ums. I was listening and in that voicemail. There's a lot of umming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And generally that's a tick. You know, people mm-hmm. do that. You and I do it. But Well, we're not professional podcasters. so No, but I do my darndest. millennial to, podcasters. I do my darndest to cut them all out so people don't know how much we do it. We do if we ever that. If we ever do a live podcast, we'll be You'll in know. trouble. You'll know it's how... Just, it's a lot of ums and then occasional silence. actual words. Also, silence. How and much then a silence. a lot of me sniffing my nose because I have constant allergies. There is. There's a lot of that. And then there's a lot of me rustling with cat flashcards or what have you. Yeah. It's fine. So what did you think? No, I thought it sounded, now? I totally agreed, said, sounded nothing like him. Did not yeah. think. Don't also, know. we should point out the police have never had a voice analyst. They did not. Compare the two. No. Even though the prosecutor, it was one of his main reasons to arrest Chris. Well, so he thought it sounded like it. What I wanted to know is they had two people on the stand. They don't, this is all stuff we found out after, but they have two people on the stand that, that identify the voice as Chris's. That is not a professional voice analyzer. Uh That is, that is two people with, who knows what they're doing. Yeah. You need a professional. And why in the world didn't the defense call someone in for this? I'm mm-hmm. furious at the defense. Yeah. No, they did a terrible job. That's awful. So ugh, anyways, um, so they tell us nothing about the trial in the Dateline. Unfortunately, the one thing we find out is that Chris is found guilty. After Shocking. 11 hours, the jury finds him guilty. And it's awful. And it is definitely a Bianca. It's a huge mistrial of miscarriage of justice it, it really equivalent is. to sandra melgar and ryan ferguson in my opinion it is so wrong yeah agreed it is agreed. so obvious that it was david novak and not chris i don't think it was david novak i think or david novak he hired a hitman yeah. but i don't think he but hired he behind chris. the whole thing right so bianca gets very upset and says you know they wouldn't let me hug him as he's before he's he leaves and she's she's got her like chin is doing the real tremble yeah and it's it's shaking and she says give me she asks for a minute and keith is very sweet and he says my fa- oh my favorite do you want to tell it because the way she she's laughing she sounds like mary poppins or something when she's like she does crying is unacceptable like she's yeah. trying to she's almost laughing at herself she's putting on a brave face mm-hmm. and then she's like and he is so sweet he's so like endeared he's like yeah. and why is that like he's so, and yeah. she's like because i'm english and he laughs 
It's yeah. the sweetest thing. It is. It's it like is. I like a, you can't not fall in love with her in that moment. No, it's a it's a really sweet it's a very human moment. Yes. And like I'm we do get to see that on Dateline, but like for particularly this one is very sweet. So yes. um then we find out the D rascally D from prison, Ken's wife, has filed a wrongful death suit against David Novak. Yeah. So I found that fascinating. Yeah. And I like it. And I was really excited about it. And so but what? She I thought, oh well that's great. That means she thinks Chris is innocent. Except Except yeah. it's not. Go. She thinks David hired Chris to kill her husband. Which I think is nuts. Like get off the Chris train. Why is everyone on the Chris train? He didn't I, do it. It's Unless I'm stupid and I'm missing no, something. Like I've seen this episode a kajillion times. This is why I have a Google alert on my phone for Christopher Wright and why I get furious because every day I get sent stuff about this rich, like, stockbroker guy that is not yeah. the Christopher Wright. I just want to know if there's anything for an appeal or anything. Like, I want to help. Yeah. I I adamantly think that there's he didn't do it. Have you Unless been to, we're idiots and we're just charmed by Bianca being amazing. Have you but I been don't to write so. have you been to write is wronged? No. Is that the website? That's Bianca's website. So is she Oh, so continue. Well Okay. So pretty much this is the closing of the episode. They try they they get some like sort of sneaky footage. They track down David Novak. Yeah. They get this kind of sneaky footage of him. Um I don't know. He's not doing anything. He's with a lady. I don't know who she his is. His wife. I guess it's his wife. He's, they say his wife. Maybe. Okay. And so... He's at a Starbucks. But of course he doesn't... Yeah, he's at a Starbucks. What's his Starbucks drink? But doesn't Keith say, of course, Starbucks or something? Yes, he does because that's where he initially met Yeah. Chris was uh. when he was there with Ken. But what is it... We'll get to his Starbucks drink. We'll get there. Okay. Uh. So, of course, he doesn't want to talk to Dateline. He just wants to say he had no involvement whatsoever because I don't know. I feel like he's he's a garbage person, but well, and he hasn't talked to any of his loft friends since no. he mo- quickly and suddenly moved out of the loft. Exactly after Chris like, was arrested, sells his loft and is bye bye. Yeah. Like after he had done a bunch of construction on the loft, exactly. like upgrades. Yeah, they said that he had done put all this time and money into the and like, then just this bolted. Loft. But it and made we'll it sound like he had it made it seem like he had more assets. So I'm wondering if he also had an office as in another loft or something like that. It made it sound like there were multiple, multiple assets yeah. in in Salt Lake City. So I think he's one of these scammers that we see where it just goes. We will never know the half of how far his schemes go. And I, I think know. he's been scheming people since he was a kid with a lemonade stand. Like, I think that's just what he does. He's just a con man. Yeah, he's, he's, a con a con, he's a giant con man. Yeah. So we end the episode with Bianca saying that she will work till her dying day to prove his innocence. She said, I wouldn't leave a dog in this situation. Yeah. So Keith is like, you'll fight forever. Yeah. You'll keep fighting for him. And she's like stiff upper lip and she's like, yep, no problem. Like, I got and this. Apparent, and apparently she has. 
That's what I wanted to know this, from you because I'm yes. always nervous that I'm going to read that they're getting divorced or no, something. No, she's sticking by him. This I think he's the love of her life. This website is right is wrong. It is pretty good. It looks yeah. like you can submit to their mailing list and help support and things like oh, that. Oh, I want to. Okay, I'm um, going to. So it's right spelled W. R-I-G-H-T right. is wronged. And okay. they do have some updates on there. Nothing's that nothing's that great. I don't know what's going on with his attorney situation, but maybe they need some financial stuff because he did this huge complaint against the DA, um, who we do meet in Dateline, but I just didn't talk about him because there's nothing to talk he's about, really. The he's, annoying guy who thinks that the voice sounds the same. Yeah, he's... Yeah, I was... I didn't he's even write him in because I was. Yeah, he's so terrible. I was irritated. So, but I think they need like a really big, famous like Kathleen Zellner to pick up this case. Yeah, or a uh, podcast. Yeah, honestly, because I don't. Yeah, I. It could use some publicity um, yeah. because they have like the Dateline stuff posted everywhere. So definitely, Dateline definitely went in their favor on this because. Yeah. It, it the Dateline is set up in the way that Chris did not do it. Like yeah. it, it really is. Um, yeah. So I did find out that he he. So we did this big complaint against the DA, and I think it's in review right now. The ethics committee for what the DA did, because I guess there were large parts of recorded audio interviews that were deleted. There there were issues. Oh. Um, and but the saddest thing is, and she said, please, Bianca says she says, please excuse. He he wrote it himself. The complaint. But he hand wrote it. He said, we don't have access to attorney, an attorney, and he doesn't have access to computers. So the entire complaint is handwritten, oh like beautifully. Oh no scribbles, gosh. all in legal, all in like legalese. And I just, it kind of, it was my precious moment when I saw that because it oh. kind of hurt my heart. And I'm like, he's just doing whatever he can. I'm going to, if I have to write it, I will write it. And he wrote it. And it's like pages and pages. I know it's really sweet. Don't cry. Um, I'm I want to you- cry about Bianca giving up her entire life in England to move to Utah for this and guy I- because he probably is amazing in multiple ways. And now she's there with like these loft friends, but like they were his friends, but I'm sure they're her friends now. But like she could go back to England. Like she could, maybe she fighting. does. Maybe she does. It looks like she has a smaller apartment. They show their loft, and then they show her apartment, and it looks like she downsized a little bit. Um, yeah, for I legal have, costs. I have good news. Okay. And outside information. So Novak in 2011 was ordered to pay seven million dollars to D. Dolazar. He lost. And did he pay it? I don't know. They can't find him. There we go. So he lost, but he lost the wrongful death. Which seven million, seven million dollar judgment to D. Yeah, but I still don't. I mean, D is a scammer too. So, so apparently, what she's he, not going to do good things with that money. So, what he, I think that here's where I think the real motive comes in. And Dateline didn't really talk about this, but D was had hired David Novak to help her with certain, basically get certain amenities while she was in prison mm-hmm. and get like a shorter time like there were things that so this 1.9 million dollars that that ken loans the ken loan david was an actual it was not all for the movie it was for 
partial funding for the film, but also to help his wife gotcha. in gotcha. her situation. So I think what happened is they're getting to a point where he could not help her because he doesn't help anyone. I read right. another case on the internet where this guy watches the Dateline and is like, that's the guy I keep complaining about. Because he had hired him when he <gasps> was he going to it. prison. He was supposed to get moved from a minimum security prison to a prison camp. And he said, you give me $3,000 and I'll do it. You give me $3,000 and I will make that happen. Never did it. Yeah, he is so full. And was like, yeah, yeah, I'll work on it when you're in prison. He's like getting ready to go to prison. He's like, um, um, yeah. And then once he got to prison, He's he could never get a hold of scamming the prisoners. Yeah. God forbid he ever winds up in prison again because he is a... Has a lot of enemies. He's in trouble. Yeah, it's yeah. not good. So he's a he's a shady businessman. I wonder what his wife is like. I do too. She might be in on it. She might just be oblivious as long as he keeps her in Starbucks every day. Could be. Could be. Which I have said that's all I really want. That's to true. To be wealthy you have enough said that. that I can just guiltlessly afford Starbucks every day. Do you have any B-roll bonanza for this case? No, we really talked about it. It was the clue-style photos appearing on the windows of the board, and it was the puzzle pieces. What about um, the apartments, the loft apartments? Did you have anything to say about those? I don't I don't really get the appeal of lofts. You've lived in a loft before. I have. To me, I don't, honestly, I really don't get it. It's that kind of, like, industrial where you see the piping, the like the water yeah. pipes, which I kind of find gross. Yeah. Um, Cause I picture like poop flying through there. Okay. That's um, disgusting. <laughs> but I mean, they look nice, but I don't get the appeal of a loft. I guess I'm not hipster enough. It doesn't do anything for me. That's yeah. all I have to say. I thought I was going to be really cool. Yeah. You I wasn't cool that cool. No, no, I was hot. And then I was freezing. There was no in between. You mm-hmm. were hot or you were freezing. And there was always a party or somebody cooler than you next door having a party yeah and a lot of attractive people yeah very attractive That's just too much ca- that was a lot chaos i don't want to see my neighbors i want to go in with my chinese food right see no one close right. the door no one hears me i don't hear anyone else but then the building was seized by the fbi after <laughs> we moved out because our landlord was doing do you hear do yeah you hear Danny? i hear danny's upset okay what else you got mvp loser Yes, go ahead. Well, Bianca Obbs. Of course. My loser would be a tie between the prosecutor who thinks their voice sounds the same mm-hmm. and the witness who just started making things up. Lee. Yeah, the one who's stalking a waitress. <laughs> we don't know that, but we do know he needs to get, he needs to stop making up stories. That was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. You're not what allowed about to you? do that. No, Lee was definitely. Well, I mean, Novak for sure, but we consider him like the actual criminal. No, but Lee Carlson, the the witness. The witness was was a rough one. Yeah, that was that was bad news. Yeah. And MVP was Bianca, of course. Yay. I'm so glad you liked her. I was really scared that you wouldn't like her. Why? In what world would I not like her? I am scarred from Sheila Davalu forever. You've done this to me. Oh, good Lord. Drama. I didn't do it to you. Bianca is the best, though. We could be friends with her. Yeah. We need more British friends. We really do. What's Bianca's Starbucks drink? I feel like it's something kind of edgy, like not a pumpkin spice latte. 
I feel like she just might be an Earl Grey. She might just be a yeah, tea just tea with a little of milk. Course. Because yeah, did you see British. one of the things I had written down for B roll was they have her in this one location that's kind of amazing. I don't know what it is, but she's sitting on at this table in this little restaurant, and in neon it says tea room outside uh. in this bright neon, and I was like, what is this Blade Runner tea place? <laughs> like it's pretty cool, and of course she's there, and I'm like, of course. That's great. But also I keep feeling I keep I don't know anything about Salt Lake City because I keep feeling like they're in like Seattle. Like it doesn't register. Yeah, it did feel like Seattle. It did because of all these like entrepreneurs and things. It's just not what I thought of of Salt Lake. My view is I think very skewed by what I've seen on TV. Uh so it seems like super. Are you saying sister wives? Sister wives before they moved to Vegas, yeah. Mm -hmm. And and um what's his face what's his face warren jeffs warren jeffs there you go yeah what's his jeffs what's his jeffs <laughs> oh what else you got brands unhappy being on dateline are now associated with murder yep maybe starbucks maybe willy wonka that inn oh the village inn i mean literally it's associated with murder someone was shot in the face outside of it yeah that's, that's true. rough yeah that's not great um, that, that can't be good for business. No. Well, you never know. People are weird. Uh, was there any weird fashion police? I didn't. No, Bian- none at Bianca's all. Bianca's perfect, obviously. Uh, I, ge- I-, I didn't like the witness's hair. It was that part in the middle and then the swoopy, like, C's on either side, like a Coco Chanel sign. And I didn't <laughs> like it. Do you know what I'm talking about? <gasps> wow. No, I don't. I, and he just had dumb face. I didn't like him. Okay, he hold was a on. mouth breather. Okay, here we go. So the village inn is open open until three a.m. Good lord, are they open wow. for like what? How many hours are they open a day? Oh yeah, they open at five thirty. They're literally closed for two and a half hours. Wow, five thirty to three a.m. So our witness could have had a full breakfast. Yeah, and they and are like I was right. They're like a Denny's. So it looks like they've got the pies in the in the you know the glass case. So it's not an inn at all. Omelets. It's, no one stays there. It's not like a motel. Village in, village inn restaurants. It's I I think I was very confused. It's all right. I think everyone I thought it was, was like a, maybe a restaurant in the lobby of a motel six type thing. No, and then it's by some museum because they said after a visit to the museum, there's nothing as great as eating. Breakfast. Their menu has many good-looking foods, so I decided to eat the Nashville Scrambler and the Chicken Fried Skillet. What did I tell you? This is Chicken Fried Steak Central. I know it. I know it when I see it. Bianca does not go there to eat. Never. They have a breakfast burrito. I bet she does. I bet she. I bet she likes a good breakfast burrito. They look like they have a good peach pie. Bet you she's a peach pie girl. Yeah. Anyways, three stars. Three stars. Now we got it. You lose one for murder automatically. There was a murder that, in your parking lot. That brings lot. you down from an A to a B rating. But that makes sure. sense. more sense why Lee is hanging out in his car at 7 a.m. He's not waiting for them to open. They opened at 5.30. So he either yeah. just ate and is getting ready to go somewhere. There's some... Okay. Anyways, it's not that important. Okay. He unbuckled his pants and was digesting and sitting in his car. Mm-hmm. And then that distracts you from even more seeing details of people's faces because you're digesting. The blood is rushing to your stomach. He was in a food coma. He can't be trusted. I don't notice things when I'm in a food coma. I think we've nailed this. You did um, it. Sorry, I just thought of a title, so I'm writing it down. Oh, good. Okay. All right. Do you have titles, my friend? I think David Novak's the type to 
say F you to the police by singing Suspicious Minds. I'm caught in a trap. Uh-huh. <laughs> but just as like a little F you. Yeah, maybe. Can we agree, though, that Suspicion is not a good name for this episode? It's a terrible title. I'm sorry, guys. Dateline, what, what happened here? This is just not a good name for this episode, I no. feel like. I don't have really have better ones, though. I have a couple. So, oh, good. Okay, yeah. so I'll go first, because mine yeah. are not good. Yeah. Um, The one where Kimberly finds a new best friend. Sorry. Sorry. I can't tell if you're upset or not. Your face is just dead. Don't cry out loud. <laughs> Just keep it inside. Learn how to hide your feelings. Okay. Um, like a good neighbor, David Novak is there. <laughs> That's not bad. You did all right. And lofty ambitions. Oh my God! I had lofty goals. They, I, I played around. I went back and forth. Incor- See, we both did it. Mm-hmm. You're in my head now. I am. I Done. The puns now. Okay, that I've is changed good. Completely as a person, I am moving that from pencil to pin. That is good. I'm sorry, Lofty from goal. pencil to pin. <laughs> I didn't say it like that. Yes, you okay. Did let me read my others. I have the you. I don't trust you to think that David or Chris is not the guy on that voicemail <laughs> because you don't hear yourself saying pen and pin completely wrong here's the deal you've just noticed pin or pen no thing. for years i have but said you're this. only calling me on it now you used to only it's call me worse on dirt. it's getting okay. worse that's because i'm getting lazy in my vocal cords okay Your condition has worsened you don't have much time left are you are you ready my my other title is side eye because he only saw him yes, from the side. Because it was the side eye. Eyes. And then Bianca keeps giving side eye when she's making the statement about it. Okay. I thought it was a dual meaning and I thought it was good. Okay. Side eye. And then I have my bloody Byzantine. Woohoo! Okay. Instead of my bloody yeah, Byzantine. My yeah, bloody Byzantine. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. pretty good. It's not bad. I'll take it. I guess. Sure. I think Bianca deserves better, but it's okay. There's the no friends twi- we're worthy of. I feel like we can hang with the friends. Yeah, we'd be fine with Lisa and Dave. Yeah. They're totally our kind of people. Yeah. All right. And they're that kind of couple that I love, the married couples that like to gossip. Mm-hmm. Oh, like they totally go are. go home after a party and discuss what everyone was like. Yeah, they're really they're really good because they also like he there's one point when she's about to tell the story and she like looks at him and he goes, No, no, you tell it, you tell it. Did you see that? It happened. Yes, yes, I love that part. No, that's exactly the part. Yes. That's good stuff. That's really good. And I'm hoping that that Chris and Bianca were like that too. I I think so too. But then I don't trust that they were the closest friends with the Novaks. They Lisa and Dave were closer to Dave Novak and his wife. Than with Chris and Bianca, and I don't like that. Why are you better friends with the scam no, artist? But I think no, I think Lisa and Lisa and what's his face were in Dave. the middle, close friends with David, and close friends with Chris and Bianca, and Chris and Bianca were f- party type gathering friends with David Novak. But apparently, per Bianca, David Novak was so 
charming and yeah he looks charming in all of his stupid headshots not be charmed by him if he if bianca fell for him he was charming yeah he seems charming he also is kind of handsome in the pictures yeah i don't like that i was wondering if he was trying to move in on bianca after chris gets arrested Um, i was highly suspicious yeah that's why i need to know more about his wife but bianca's too smart for that oh she's she's not gonna play that game and she's loyal to chris yes she is All right. Do you have anything else to add to this episode or do we have anything we need to say? I really have to go to the bathroom. Good. So everybody follow us on all of our platforms. I hope you enjoyed this very special happy Hanukkah, Kimberly and Katie episode of of a very merry Keith mess presents. There you go. (laughs) Presents suspicion, AKA my bloody Byzantine and don't watch alone. Watch Inside of a Labyrinth. You remind me of the babe. (laughs) Power of voodoo. Who do you do? All right. What is that? From Labyrinth? You've never seen it. No, I can't. Oh, my gosh. It scares me. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Power. Power of voodoo. You do. Remind me of the babe. I've sold my baby Crying hard as babe could cry What could I do? My baby's love had gone And left my baby blue Nobody knew What kind of magic spell to use? Slime and snails Or puppy dog tails Thunder or lightning and baby said Dance magic dance Dance magic dance Dance magic dance, dance, magic, dance. dance, magic, dance. Oh, that baby's telling me <laughs>